I hate introductions, don't you? But it seems like they're always necessary. So here goes. I'm Ashley. I'm a wife, mom, pastor, and missionary's kid, which is double trouble if you didn't know. And if you're in this space, we're here to learn about who God is, who we are in Him, and how to do faith in the real, meaning the real messy. Hi, welcome back. It's Tuesday again, and I'm so glad that you're here. I have come to really enjoy these times that we have together and our chats. And um, if you're watching on YouTube, then you can see that I'm in a different location again. So here's the thing. I am an amateur at all of this. I am trying to learn, and this season one has been you, my friends, watching me learn, and I still have a lot to learn. One of the big things that I've caught on to, though, is lighting, and that's a challenge because, A, I'm in our home. I don't have necessarily a set spot that always works. Uh, if you follow me on social media, you've seen, you saw, you may have seen, I should say, a picture that I posted one time of my setup, and I had a table lamp, and I had the lampshade off, and I had a coffee filter on the light bulb trying to dim it a little bit, trying to figure this out. Right now, I am sitting by our back door in some natural lighting, and most of all, I'm just enjoying the view, and I really wish I could share it with you because it's fall. And in our backyard, we have some really beautiful trees, and everything is changing. It seems like overnight, things are changing. We get up in the morning, and we look outside, and we can see things that have changed almost overnight, if not overnight. And this episode is all about change. Change is in the air. And I hear people everywhere, it seems like, talking about this. And so I wanted to take a moment to talk about this too. Now, change is a really broad topic. I mean, what are we talking about? Changing clothes? Because it's that time of year too. It's getting cold. Are we talking about, you know, what? Well, I'm talking more about a, it, it's hard for me to pinpoint because it's this, it's this change that we all seem to sense is happening. Our world is changing. And I think a lot of us are trying to process through what that does mean, what that could mean. And change is, for most people, I know it is for me, often hard. I really like rhythm. I like schedule. I like knowing what to expect. And if you're that way too, then you might be somebody who also can struggle at times with change. And our world has changed drastically since 2020 and the pandemic. I don't want to talk about that year any more than you probably do, but I'm bringing it up because that's such a pivotal moment in my mind, at least, where everything seemed to change. And I don't know how many times I have said or I've heard friends say, I just want things to get back to normal. But what is normal? And is it ever going to be like it was? I think we're all at a point now where maybe we're recognizing that there's a really good chance things are never going to be the way they were prior to 2020. And that process of uh, understanding and working through that has been, for many of us, I think, a process of grief. And um, I, I don't really know another word that I could use to describe it because, because maybe you can relate. I want it to be the way it was. I find myself, I love, I love, um, we put a lot of our pictures on our Google Photos, and I love going back and seeing pictures. And sometimes 
Google Photos will send me reminders of, hey, here's what you were doing two years ago, three years ago. And it used to always just be that I would see those things and look at the, the kids and think, wow, they've grown and they've changed so much. But I find myself now, when I see pictures, thinking in terms of, oh, that was before COVID. Oh, that was after COVID. Especially pictures that were taken in public settings. I, I'll look like, oh, nobody was wearing masks. Um, and this is, I'm not getting into all that here. But I'm just saying, there's this, this pivotal time in history that I think we can all relate to. And now here we are, 2021, actually nearing the end of 2021. And do you feel it? Do you feel that change that's in the air? I'm not making this about politics. I'm not making this about vaccinations or masks or who's in the presidential office. But regardless of where you land on any of those issues, I'm wondering if we can all agree to the sense of change is in the air. Something's coming. Something's shifting. What is that? What does that mean for our country? What does that mean for our families? What does that mean for us as individuals? It's hard to say, but I want to sit with you in this place today and take you back to some things that I find really comforting when I start to think about changes and think about possibilities and start to feel anxious and scared of the uncertainty of what tomorrow could hold. There's a phrase that you may have seen circulating the internet quite a lot. Somebody, and I wish I knew who it was, I couldn't find the post whenever before I recorded this, but somebody somewhere, a dad, I believe it was, and it might have been in the year 2020, had, had made, he wrote this really lovely post talking about being fearful of what his children's futures may hold. And he referred to a verse in the Bible from Esther that talks about how she was born for such a time as this. And he was recognizing that we too, his children, my children, your children, are born for such a time as this. And that is something that on one hand can be very comforting, but on another hand can be really scary. Uh, I always joke that I was born in the wrong era. I, I like to say that I am a vintage girl at heart. And what I mean when I say that is mm, I love the 1950s, 1940s, 1950s to me is such a sweet spot. Uh, I love the, the movies from that era. I grew up watching them, which is probably one reason I love the era so much. I love the way they dressed. The men were so classy. The women were so classy. Um, although I wouldn't want to wear a dress and heels and pearls every day. I'm just putting that out there. I like my jeans. But I often just feel like, man, I wish I would have been born then. And I, sometimes I feel like such an oddball in the present day that I'm living in. I, I can't really say that I love technology, which is ironic of me to say, right? As I'm using technology to speak to you, I mean, I'm thankful for it, but it's not something that I necessarily gravitate towards when it comes to my interests and things that I enjoy learning about. Um, I'm someone that is having to learn to get over the idea that I don't want to learn anymore about technology. I kind of want to just stay where I'm at. I, I have um, the blessing of knowing someone who it was uh, several years ahead of me. He's in his 80s, Uncle Orman. And Uncle Orman and his wife, Anne Elizabeth, are both, I admired them so much because 
well, for one reason, I have many things that I admire and respect about them, but even though they're in their 80s, they are so tech savvy. Like they've got it. They know what's going on. And what's so cool about that is that they're able to connect with the younger generation in a way that others may not be able to because they've kind of checked out when it comes to technology. And I find myself naturally wanting to be the person that checks out. Uh, I grew up with you know, phones that had, well, landlines, I guess you would call them. Um, I remember having the cord phones in our house. I remember the day we had the cordless phone in our house. We would have that like metal antenna that we would pull up to talk. It was so awesome. Anyway, but I'm now realizing, hey, this is the time in which I've been born and there are things to love about it. There are things that I don't necessarily love about this day and age. However, if I believe that God is sovereign, which is just a big churchy word for God knows all things and is in control of all things, if he's truly sovereign, then I have been placed here at this moment in history for a specific reason. And that's comforting for me, but it's also comforting for me as a mom. And so it's interesting because I've been thinking about this topic for a while now. I mean, I was telling my husband, um, I said, it just, I can sense this change. And if we're reading our Bibles, we know the end of the story. We don't know when these things will take place that that revelation talks about, but we know and believe that Jesus is coming back. Literally, we know that the world is going to go through some, some really terrible times. And it's interesting to watch the news and start to see some things that I'm going, wait a second, let me get my Bible because what? And that can be at times unsettling, all, even though we should, we should be full of hope because it means we're closer to Jesus's return. But it's neat because I've been thinking about these things for a while. And in school the other day, I was doing Bible time with our sons and this year we're doing something different. We are doing this book called Old Story New. It's by an author named Marty McWowski. I am sorry. I don't know how to say his name and I probably just butchered it. But last year we did a study by him about Proverbs and if you're interested I can get you the links. But honestly if you just go to um, Amazon, look up Old Story New and you'll find this and then you can click on his author name and see other books that he's written. He has one about Psalms that I would love to do, but this is what we're doing this year. So one, one book at a time, Ashley. But I was doing this devotion and it's taking us through, it's taking us through the fact that Jesus was coming in the New Testament. And it's really neat because as we were, were approaching the birth of Jesus, the author was talking about how the prophets had foretold the fact that Jesus was coming. And these things were coming true right before their eyes, which think about that for a moment. That would be so incredible to witness. If you lived during that time, and if you believed in the prophecies, and if you had the eyes to be able to see and believe, wow, how incredible to be an eyewitness to something that for centuries had been you know, coming and talked about and anticipated, and then that moment was there. But as he was talking about the coming birth of Jesus, he mentions the chief priests of the day knew that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, and they knew that because of the prophecies. 
And the author points out that God has this ability to plan all things. And that truth should encourage us. And so he said, go to Acts 17 verse 26 and you can read about how we're all part of God's perfect plan. So, okay, that's part of what we were doing that day. So I opened to Acts, Acts 17, verse 26. If I can find it in my Bible real quick, I'm going to read it for, to you directly from the Bible because this is awesome. It's such a cool verse. It says, um, it's talking about, well, first of all, let me give you the context. Paul was the one that was speaking in this. He was talking to unbelievers in Athens and he's talking about who who made the world who God is and in this speech he says from one man Adam he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live and I stopped reading and I'm like whoa Whoa, boys, hold up. Do you realize what that's saying? I drive my kids crazy in school because with everything as an adult, I am so much more excited about learning than I was at their age. So I do feel for them because I'm like, do you realize how amazing this is? And they're just like, can we be done? Sorry if you feel that way right now, but maybe you're with me. Maybe you can appreciate how awesome this is. So think about this. You and I, right now, wherever you live, wherever you are at this Second, it was determined by God beforehand where you would live and when you would live. Talk about framing the phrase that you were born for such a time as this in a new light. Like It wasn't just applicable to Esther at her time. It's applicable to us because if we believe this is true, then you're right where you need to be and I'm right, right where I need to be at this appointed time and the boundaries of which they live. But here's the cool thing. If you've been following me, like if you get my um, newsletters, if you've subscribed to my website, if you have been reading things that I write on the website, ashleyivester.com, if you have been reading some things that I've been writing on social media, then you may have noticed this past year, I've been kind of honed in on this What's your why? I've even talked about it here on the podcast. Well, the cool thing is that God doesn't just say, hey, I've made you for this time and I've set the boundary of where you're going to live. He gives us a why, which I think is so awesome. In verse 27, he says, he did this so that they might seek God and perhaps they might reach out and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Did you catch the why? That is really, really cool. So the why actually really doesn't have anything to do with me or you as much as it does us seeking, reaching out and finding God, which gives purpose to why we've been born for such a time as this. But as I alluded to earlier, I mean, times are changing, things are changing. The unknown can be scary. The known can be scary. And, and processing through that and working through that can be hard. So I want to tell you a story about a man named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He is one of my heroes of the faith. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a believer and pastor in Nazi Germany. And part of his story that is so cool is that Dietrich had the opportunity to take a visit to America, which he did. And while he was there, he was encouraged by the believers that he was with to stay in America. 
They said, if you go back to Nazi Germany, you have to know how it's, your story is probably going to end. But Dietrich was so full of conviction and so full of living a life that wasn't just about him and his comfort that he went back to Nazi Germany. He was eventually placed in a concentration camp and shot. It wasn't too long after his death that, um, that Germany was freed. But I find this man to be someone that I so respect and admire because of the conviction that he had to live a life that wasn't just about himself, but living a life that was about sharing the good news of Jesus, even from a, the awful, horrific conditions of a concentration camp. And that's the kind of life I want to live. I mean, I don't want to end up in a concentration camp. I really don't want to get uncomfortable. But at the same time, I want to live a life that means something. I want to live a life that's full of purpose. I want to live a life that isn't just about me. What about you? Where are you with that? And the thing is gee, that, that Bonhoeffer was living a life that was exactly what Jesus had said in Matthew, you can read something called the Great Commission, and it's it's the speech that Jesus gave right before he went to heaven, after he had been crucified and risen from the dead. And it's so cool because he's saying, go out into all the world, to all the nations, to all the people, preach the good news, share the good news. This is why you're here. This is why we're here. And it's not like just this general, like, this is why I'm here now. It's like, this is why you were here at this appointed time, in this, I'm looking at my scripture to make sure I get it right because my memory is horrible. At this appointed time, in the boundary of where you're living. And think about this. It's so cool. When you study people from history like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, or at least when I do, I've become a bit of a history geek. I love it. When I look at someone like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I'm like, how can I not believe that he was born for that time. I would not want to trade places with him, but he was born for that time. He was born in Nazi Germany, and he was given a specific purpose, which he fulfilled in his love and obedience for Christ and for others. And his impact, I don't even know if we can measure it, even today. And. I just find that to be really hope-filled because when I look at my kids and I wonder what their future holds, the first thing that I typically feel is fear. I don't want them to be uncomfortable. I don't want them to have to make hard choices. I don't want them to do without. Um, I don't want them to be put in physical danger, but I'm looking at them realizing there's a really good chance that they're going to face things that are harder than you and I today in 2021 can probably even imagine. Look how fast the world is changing. Look at what scripture says is coming. And frankly, how many times in history have we seen that are without some sort of trial or hardship that people go through? And so when I think about these things, I, like I said, the first thing I usually feel is fear, but I'm trying to learn to face that fear with a newfound confidence that, you know what? My children aren't really mine. They're the Lord's. If my 
God has rescued my children, then he has a plan for them and he has a purpose for them. And they have been born for such a time as this. Whatever this is going to look like and mean for them. And then as their mom, I could just sit there and think, hold up. And I was born for such a time as this. I get the privilege and very scary uh, job of preparing them, of laying the foundation. Now, I can't save their souls. I can't make them love Jesus, but I get the opportunity to share the good news first in my home and with my children. And I get to walk that faith in front of them. And I pray that God will use me to lay a strong foundation in their life. But most of all, I'm praying that God will cultivate within their hearts a great love and desire for him. I'm praying that my sons will grow to be men of conviction, that they will be willing to stand for what God says is true, even if they are the only ones standing. I pray that they will be willing to pay whatever cost they have to pay to follow Christ and pray that wherever that takes them, that they will have the boldness to speak and to share. But for this day, for today, when I start to feel nervous, I'm going back to that phrase, for such a time as this. I was born for such a time as this. Before I wrap up, I feel like I've been really preachy today, and I'm sorry because it's not my intent. It's just I feel so passionate about this, and I can't share these things with you without taking us back to what is true, and what is true is what God says. That's where we always need to go, and everything that I say, everything that your pastor says, everything that you're hearing from whatever source you're hearing it, you need to be filtering through what God says. And so I'm going to end this with 2 Peter, verse 3. I'm going to read verse 14 first. He's, he's wrapping up his letter, and he says, Therefore, dear friends, while you wait for these things, make every effort to be found without spot or blemish in his sight at peace. And I'm going to skip down to verse 17 and 18. It says, Therefore, dear friends, since you know this in advance, and it's talking about destruction and things that are coming. Since you know this in advance, be on your guard so that you are not led away by the error of lawless people and fall from your own stable position. I'm going to tell you what I always tell my sons. You know what makes a good liar? The fact that you don't know you're being lied to. There are a whole bunch of lies in our world today. There are a whole bunch of lies in our society. There are a whole bunch of lies at many churches today. If you want to know what's true, you got to go to the source, straight to the source, which is your Bible. And so if you don't want to be led away, if you don't want to be confused, if you don't want to be lied to by the father of lies, then be on your guard. Know what is true. And then verse 18 says, but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. So what do we do with this time? This time that we've been created for specifically? Well, the Bible says that we grow. We grow in grace and we grow in knowledge. And how do we do that? Well, we do that by spending every day with God. And I have to say, I mean, this is something that I wish wasn't a struggle for me. And there are seasons where I'm like, yes, I'm in step. 
I'm, I'm doing this, Lord. I'm pursuing you. I'm spending time with you. And then there are other times where I'm like, oh my goodness, why is everything falling apart? Why do I feel so dry inside? Well, it's because I haven't been going to the well. I haven't been going to the source of water. Jesus said he's living water. And if I don't want to be consumed with fear, if I don't want to be consumed with anxiousness over my life, over the lives of my children, and over this change, whatever it is and whatever it means, I know that I have to be rooted. I have to be rooted somewhere, and that somewhere is in Christ and in His Word. And that's my challenge to myself, and I want to extend that to you, friend. I don't know what the next year is going to hold. I don't know what the next 10 years is going to hold. But I do know that we don't have to live in fear of this time that we were born for if we are firmly rooted and grounded in Christ and if we're growing in grace and growing in the knowledge of Him. Don't do it by yourself. Surround yourself with other people who have the same heart and the same mission and grow. Grow, grow, grow. Because today is preparing us for tomorrow. And how do we get ready for this time? by spending it with Christ. It's really that simple, even though it's not always that easy to live out. And you're not alone in that struggle. But I just I just wanna, wanna offer all of this to you in hopes that you are encouraged, in hopes that you are challenged. And friends, that's, that's what relationship is. We challenge one another, we sharpen one another. And I hope that you're finding that here in this space because even though these words are coming out of my mouth, I'm, I'm saying it to the choir. Like, this, this, I need this. I need these words. I need these reminders. I need these truths because I want to face tomorrow in the strength of Christ. I want to face tomorrow with conviction and with purpose and know that I'm not wasting the time that I've been given because I'm preparing for whatever may come because I'm rooted in the one that knows. And I hope you're in that place too. And if you're not, um, don't let today be an excuse to not, to, to not be. Make whatever changes you need to make now so that tomorrow looks different for you. We're all in this process of growth. We're in it together. And I'm thankful for you. And I pray that you're encouraged to remember you were born for such a time as this. So go. Go grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And let's remember to Him be the glory. I'll see you next time.